0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, I want, I want to ask for a little bit of indulgence here. Um, I've had a few, a few weird last couple days, Uh, a couple days ago, I was on a zoom call with a bunch of resellers and somebody asked the question that, um, they wanted to know how much you needed to start with to, uh, start an eBay business. And, And actually they were only focusing on eBay and that's great. So, um, you know, I had a really difficult time answering that question because it obviously it depends, but what was said next was kind of interesting to me. And they said, well, I just want to know how much I could charge on my credit cards before I, you know, start to get worried. And I'm, you know, that's kind of floored me to be honest with you. Uh, the reality is, is that, you know, we, a lot of us start this business, um, as a side hustle and which is, which is the way I always ask you to start in the beginning because, um, you know, when you're forced into, uh, doing this full time right away, you know, you are under a lot of pressure to, to make sure that every single dime you spend comes back to you and then some, and then you, you're also living on your savings. But going into debt for this type of business, um, although it could still be okay, um, should not really be your primary way of actually financing your business. Credit cards can get you into a lot of trouble really, really quick. So I wanted to really clear that up because um, if you have no money in the bank, and you are relying on credit cards to live or you have very little money in the bank and relying on credit cards to live, you just don't want to be in a situation where you're putting your financial future at risk in severe risk um, if you can't pay off that credit card for month to month. So my answer to that person was zero. I would go get a job and then do this as a side hustle with extra cash that you know that you could pay off if you don't sell right away. And I just want to be extremely clear that that's what I would suggest for all the listeners here. Do not go into heavy credit card debt to start this business. You will fail. Remember, these credit card companies are charging you 19 to 29% of interest each year. And if you put a $5,000 bill down with a bunch of inventory that may sell right away, you are actually still paying minimums most likely. And when you start paying minimums, you will never get out of debt. So I quickly looked at my credit card this morning for the business. And I, and I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, I have a a credit card that I use for business and then a credit card I use for personal business, a personal life, you know? And, um, I owe zero on the business credit card, meaning that, and I have an Apple, um, card, which is, uh, you know, connected to your iPhone. And so I go in and I scan, um, when I go through and and pay at a thrift store or with a uh, with a, uh, a vendor, I will, um, pay with a credit card and then I immediately go and pay it off or at least as immediate as possible. Now I have gone into debt a little bit. Um, and it caught up with me, you know, and so I actually, you know, now I've learned my lesson and it wasn't necessarily reselling related, but it, it it's a, a very real thing. The credit card companies are designed to actually be profitable, meaning that you, as long as you're in debt, they're making money. So don't go in serious debt for this business. Now, that being said, credit cards can be used uh, to pay for four items. And I think you should, and then you should just pay it off right away. But um, a lot of credit cards offer cash back. Um, that's what my card does. It's like, it's only one or 2% though. It's not big, but you definitely, definitely, definitely need to pay it off uh, as fast as possible. So, uh, you know, you're going to have a certain sell through rate and you're going to, you're going to sell a lot of those items. Um, but don't be caught in the trap of paying minimums. So that was a real experience for me. And so I decided to push, I had a, pricing podcast planned, uh, for today. Um, but I'm pushing it off a week or maybe two. Cause I think I have another interview with uh, another reseller coming up, but uh, i still want to talk about that. But today I want to talk about reselling life, the realities of what you should expect. And I'll see you right after this message.
0: You are listening to old fashioned Mike on the reseller entrepreneur.
1: Okay. So this segment is Uh, Sponsored by list perfectly list perfectly is a listing software, a multiple platform listing software that I use and I it's successfully and I would suggest that you even if it's not list perfectly uh, get a listing software that will allow you to post on multiple platforms and that's how you're going to be successful. So go to my website www.oldfashionedmike.com and you will get 30% off uh, the link that I give you. Now, just a full disclosure, uh, it is a, an affiliate link and that's of course how we use to pay this for the podcast. So please use it. Um, I appreciate it. But it's something that I would not recommend if I didn't use it successfully. I have many thousands of listings that I've used List Perfectly for successfully. A few hiccups in the beginning, but that's largely my fault, <laughs> but it was, it's a great platform. So anyway, go to the website, go to my website and use the link and you'll get 30% off your first month. And it's a great platform. Thanks. Okay. So let's talk about, so we just talked about debt and getting into debt for starting this business. And I think that again, just to reiterate, don't do it or do it in a way in a very planful way that, you know, you can get out really, really quick now using credit cards though to pay for for items definitely do. And the, the for a couple of reasons, one is it gives you a, a discount in many ways in the, in the form of cash rewards for your card. So if you have a cash rewards card that pays you maybe one to 3%, you know, you you're getting cash back and usually get it back as a credit account or something else. Um, or maybe cash back. Like in my Apple card, they put it on a, a cap, a uh, cash card that I could use. And of course I use it to pay for personal items, uh, not related to the business. And so it's, you know, it's a way of pulling money out of your business without really getting taxed on it. And so don't know if that's completely legal. I'm not an accountant, so you know, don't follow my tax advice there, but, but that's what I do. Um, so when you buy items, you're going to, pay it off right away. You'll get your cash back and use it however you want to. And, um, that's a way of tweaking your profitability in your business. So definitely a strategy and a a good strategy, but you're uh, not going to get into debt doing it. Okay. Number two, um, storing items. So I am fortunate that, uh, I have a warehouse and I have a warehouse by necessity Um, So if you recall, my old story is, is that I stopped working altogether and started this business full time exactly against my advice, by the way. But uh, because, um, you know, I I had health issues. So um, fortunately, I'm good. But uh, but I was forced into doing this full time pretty quickly. And I have a separate business that is still kind of in the startup phase has nothing to do with reselling. So I won't talk about it here, but you know, know that I have other things uh, in the works. And so, um, I had to go to a warehouse because I, you know, I live with family and the family has uh, space requirements for just living. And of course I'm just in a room. So, um, that may change over time, but right now that's what the situation is. And so, uh, you know, I just I wasn't able to store a large amount of items uh, in the house, and so I had to get a warehouse. But I am going to say, avoid getting a warehouse at all costs early in your career. You want to actually have some enough inventory and enough sales to be able to support that. Because once again, going into debt, very easy to say, well, I am going to you know buy groceries this month on. Uh, using my credit card, <laughs> going back to the last discussion, and uh, just because I need to pay for this warehouse, it's going to cost me five hundred dollars or more. Now, a good alternative to that is going to a storage unit that has is climate controlled, definitely climate controlled, and um, and operating your business out of there. So, working all day at home, and then uh, going to the storage unit once a day or maybe twice a day to pull inventory and do shipping, and you can actually add power into those storage units. And that might be an alternative that you can do. I would say start small though. Again, the key really is to keep expenses really, really low in the beginning of this. Uh, once you start actually developing a lot of profits, you're going to find that your, your growth is going to be limited to, if you don't have a space now, that's not true. A hundred percent. I know people who sell jewelry, for instance, and they can operate out of their house all the time. And I, I think I've alluded to that in prior episodes, but but if you have anything of any size, you're going to definitely need a, a, a space. But the takeaway here is do it when profits, they are existing profits will actually pay for that space. Same would go with employees. Do not hire employees. Uh, uh, you know, if you don't like doing uh, photographs uh, or you don't like listing or if you don't like sourcing um, the, Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. A lot of people will go out and get a, a somebody who does like to do that. And, well, that's great. Uh, again, go back to, <laughs> to another discussion. If you don't have enough profits that are going to support an employee, don't get an employee. There is an alternative, virtual assistants, and we've already talked about virtual assistants before. Um, they're great. Uh, you know, they have their ups and downs, but, um, but it's something that I use. And I, again, I waited, I did, uh, I was a full six, eight months, um, before I hired my first virtual assistant and I use hammock, like we've talked about. And, um, again, you know, uh, you gotta make sure that you have the money to pay for it. Now, the the reality is, is that with an employee, You have the downside of having to payroll them. And, and of course, it means you have to pay their, their side of the tax. Uh, or excuse me, you have to pay employment tax for them. So it's basically social security. So they pay their half and then you have to pay uh, your half. And of course, if you're, if it's just you, you have to pay both halves, just FYI. So, you know, that's what self employment tax is is essentially social security. Um, but you got to pay for that. And of course, you have to pay for, uh, well, not necessarily health insurance probably because it's going to be a part-timer most likely, but you are going to have to pay for, um, if somebody gets injured, your workers comp, you know, and so some, in some States you can get away with hiring people as a contractor and, uh, or they do, um, piecemeal work for you and they, they charge you per item. For instance, um, you can get away with that in some States. Uh, I know in my state, that's a little bit more difficult. Um, I was talking to Casey, a matter of fact, it was in the interview Uh, he's in Florida and in Florida you can hire people and it's very easy to put them on as piecemeal contractors and get away with that. Um, I will tell you that if you direct somebody generally speaking uh, and I will tell you, I have a background, not in HR, but you know, in, in upper management. So I've had to deal with these issues before. So I'm, I'm reasonably sure, you know, go talk to an accountant, like I said, but I am reasonably sure that if you direct their work, in a way, so if you direct the outcome saying, I want this outcome, uh, and you say, just get it done, that a uh, contractor, uh, is okay. But if you actually direct their work at all, then you, uh, that, then they are essentially employee again, consult a professional, but, um, I'm going to tell you, I'm 99% sure that I'm right on that one. Um, cause I've had to deal with those issues before. So, um, Again, you, you know, if you hire somebody to do those things you don't like, then you got to ask yourself, if I really, really don't like doing this, then maybe reselling is not for you. Because the reality is, is that you're going to go through several employees in, during your career, you know, because they're not going to like it down the road. Maybe they're going to want to get into the business and well, and, and you're, um, you know, <laughs> you're setting yourself up to... um uh, to get into debt very, very quickly because you're you're hiring employees. So you got to really, really like this in the first place. If you don't like it, just get out of it. I mean, that's there's no if, ands or buts there. Uh, you know, go into selling Amazon FBA where you can just buy stuff and ship it in a box to them, and they'll sell it for you, and then just collect the money. I mean, that's you know, that's uh, it's getting harder to do that now, but uh, because of all the trials and tribulations that that they've been through with, uh, you know sellers that aren't real and so on. But, um, but you're, um, you're much more, um, inclined to like that kind of business if you really just don't like the photographing and stuff. Now, also we, we've gone to this before a little bit about picking your products. So, and I've, I'm a firm believer of staying in your, uh, in your product niche, if you will, and mine's men's clothing, like I said, and I've given you the whole reasons why, and just go back and listen to that. But, um, one of the things that I want you to think about is when you actually pick your niche, you want to focus on, um, on something you like to do, um, something you like and, and have a reason for doing it. And I picked men's clothing. Like I said, I picked men's clothing also, not only because it's easy and it's plentiful and, and so on. Um, but also, you know, there's a million tons of clothes that go into landfill, um, uh, every year, um, uh, clothing, and so, uh, and so I think that I'm doing something for the environment too. And I'm a bit of an environmentalist, but that being said, um, you know, you may not be, that's okay. I mean, I'm not, this is not a political show. This is a podcast about reselling, but, um, understand that and, uh, pick, pick wisely. And if you have very little space, maybe you ought to pick something small in the beginning. Don't try to sell printers or, or VCRs. If you can only store 10 of them, you need to be able to scale. And, uh, and so pick wisely. Okay. Next subject focus. So not only focusing on your product, like we just talked about, but, um, but focus on the platforms. Where do you want to sell? You know, the more, the more platforms you sell on, the more work this is. So I would say is that if you're side hustling it, especially in the beginning, you're probably going to want to focus just on eBay, frankly, or, or maybe just Amazon. Um, and if you, if you start to focus on too many platforms, you're going to get defocused. And so one of the biggest problems with, with multiple platforms is that you want to make sure (laughs) that, um, when something sells on one platform, you delist it from the other. So it could take over your life, right? So you, you, so we, we all do this because we want a lifestyle and you know, nothing's worse than going from a very, very busy job. If you're side hustling this thing, to all of a sudden now something sells and you have to jump on the computer or your phone to delist it from other, other platforms. Again, they have tools to help you do that list perfectly. We talked about that who's sponsoring this segment, of course. So, but, um, you really need to, uh, you really need to just focus on one and do it well. And I would suggest eBay is probably the first thing. Cause it's not as, you know, if you make mistakes on eBay, they're pretty forgiving. If you make mistakes on Amazon, they're not forgiving. I mean, you are dead to them once you make a big mistake or any mistake really that you can't answer for. It's very difficult to get your account back. If you can get, um, you know, barred from eBay too, I think it's a little bit harder and I think, and you can get somebody on the phone too. Um, so I'd say start with that. It's complex enough that I think you're going to get a real good feel if you really like, um, reselling, um, but without the ramifications um, of having like a, a, total, uh, getting completely barred from platform. Um, and then move on to one to, um, are reasonably sure you can handle the load, then add platforms, right? So now the reason why I use, uh, not only I use list perfectly, like I said, you know, it's a good inventory program too. You know, you don't want to just basically have everything on a spreadsheet. Now it's, if you're on one platform, it's much easier because, really, honestly, eBay's um, platform is also a a management system, a a uh, inventory system per se. But you know, you can add, they don't have things that like adding, you know, how much something costs and stuff like that. So that you're going to need that information. And so, I mean, for taxes and a whole bunch of other things. So as you need to manage your business, you need to know your numbers, like we talked about in prior uh, podcasts. But um, but you don't want this thing to overwhelm you right? So, um, you know, it's very easy to get caught up and say, I'm going to sell in all the platforms and I'm going to sell, you know, my sell through rates going to go through the roof. If I sell multiple platforms, the reality is, is that it goes up, it goes up a little bit, you know, you're not going to go from like 10% to 20% to 50% sell through rate. It's going to, you know, you go from 10 to 11 or to, to maybe 11, to 12 or whatever, but you're, but the point is, is that it can be overwhelming, uh, initially. So you got to get really your rhythm down, um, and the reason why I say this is going, again, we're, you know, this is the reselling reality uh, segment here, is that you don't want reselling to be worse than getting a job. You don't want to be in a situation where you're always in emergency mode because you are not ready for reselling. Reselling is really a lifestyle. It's more than a job. It really is. I mean, you're, um, y- you are never going to be the same once you're a full-time reseller. And so you're going to learn this a little bit when you're a part-time reseller, but the reality is, is that, you know, you get offers 24 seven and unless you have, uh, offer automation on. So in other words, if they give you a certain offer that they will, they will, um, accept it automatically and you know, you can do that. And I think that, um, the problem with that, of course, is that sometimes you'll get offers and it'll decline them automatically and it's, you it misses an opportunity. So, so, but you know, you need to create a routine around this, right? So you, and I would say that around your entire reselling life, you just need to create a routine and stick with that routine. You know, you don't want to be having these platforms, any of the platforms rule your life. You need to rule your business. Otherwise you're just better off, you know, working nine to five or, or longer hours. And, and then, you know, coming home and just enjoying your family, but you can't, you can't, you will get overwhelmed if you constantly, constantly, constantly are working on your phone and on your laptop, um, accepting bids and putting new bids in and optimizing your listings. You want to create a routine. So my routine is I get in about seven thirty every morning and I start my photographing and listing part of my day uh, up until about noon. And then, um, I push it, I push all that stuff off to my VA's my VAs do the listing. I come in the next morning and I look through them and I push them through and then I start all over again. Um, but I actually right around, well, probably around four o'clock do my shipping. And then when I go home, I maybe do an hour or so, uh, in between a few things, uh, to do uh, all the other stuff. But the, at the end of the day, um, I rule my life. I don't have the, the, um, Reselling business rule my life, you know, because you can get caught up into it, in it and it's going to ruin relationships and, and so on. And people are going to say, you know get your get your nose out of the phone, you know, interact with me. Don't don't, <laughs> you're not here to work harder. Well, I mean, let me step back. You are going to work very hard, and I want you to work very hard, but you don't want to actually destroy relationships around you because now you're so glued to what's going on in your eBay business, and uh, or. Or Macari or Parsmark, whatever you don't want to have those that stuff control you that's all okay the next segment of this is um, really about understanding uh, what a reseller is and understanding your role as a reseller and that you shouldn't be embarrassed about it so I meet a lot of resellers who kind of who will talk around what they do. Uh, in very flowery languages, like I, you know, find buyers and you know, I find sellers and I connect them and I, you know, whatever. I mean, I can't even make this stuff up. But but the reality is, is that um, I've had many times. I mean, I went in from an executive position at a company um, and actually my side, my, my other business is is uh, also a very technical business. And so, you know, you know I don't want to be embarrassed by what I do. And I think that, uh, you know, the, there is a kind of a, a stigma to resellers, uh, in some communities, especially if you're a professional and you've, uh, you've professional mean doctor, lawyer, you know, what have you, um, they, um, might look down and say, Hey, you know, well, my wife resells in, on eBay or whatever, you know, as a hobby or it's a ho- That's why I think that it's probably one of the few professions that are you a hobby seller? Or are you a, uh, a full-time reseller? You know, and the reality is, is that, you know if you're doing this on a regular basis you are a reseller a real reseller you're not a hobbyist and i I really and I fall into this as well i I've many many times said are you a hobby seller or not and the reality is is that we're you know if you're selling a lot you're in business for yourself so so if I say that in future podcasts I want you guys to send me an email saying stop it because uh, you shouldn't be embarrassed by what you do but the reality is you got to own it You got to own what you do and people will be interested in that. And actually it'd be interesting. It's going to be very interesting because I've seen, I've had friends that are saying, are you doing this? And uh, then I say, well, listen, you know, I've, I've made a lot of money doing this and you know, I I don't give them proof or anything because that's not what I do, but, but you know, uh, you don't be embarrassed about this. All right. So um, that's another reselling reality for you right there is that, is that uh, be proud about what you do. It's doing things, doing things to help the environment by by taking used goods off the market and uh, or out of landfills and and putting it into somebody else's hands that can use it. If you sell new stuff, it's it's uh, offering something at a reduced rate, presumably um, that normally somebody wouldn't be able to afford. Um, it's bringing goods and goods to people in areas that can't normally uh, find those goods locally. So there's a lot of good things you are. So you're a retailer. You are just you're using eBay and and Mercari and Poshmark and others as a platform, right? So the, that's just a market. You, 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 the key is is that you have you're you're basically a retailer, an online retailer. So there's nothing uh, not to be proud of about that. So we are mandering here a little bit, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So the next topic is to um, build systems. Do not um, wing it when you're doing this business because nothing will get in the way of you growing and also destroying relationships around you if if you are constantly working because you do not have an organized way of doing things. So I just talked about what mine was uh, very briefly and uh, you need to develop yours. So you need to ve- develop your inventory systems, how you're going to buy, how you're going to, uh, to list, how you're going to package, uh, for, um, putting in your, your inventory, uh, which are, like I said, your inventory system, you need to then understand how you're going to pick it and how you pick and me pulling from the shelf and shipping it, how you're going to ship. If you're going to use eBay shipping or, or pirate ship or a bunch of other, uh, different, um, tools that are out there to ship. And, um, you know, you need to understand all those elements and when you're going to do them during the day. Otherwise you're, it's going to bleed into multiple hours of you just wasting cycles. All right. So, um, it's a little bit, again, a reselling reality, but, um, if you do the same thing every day, you're going to get really good at that routine and be able to get out of that, out of the office at five o'clock or six o'clock at night without having to work hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, over time, because you have, a, um, a, uh, backup of, of what you need to do during the day, Cause you didn't do anything, um, productive and, you know, you will have those days that, um, you know, you got, um, you know, 50 orders, you know, God willing, you get 50 orders and you, and you, the hour that you set aside for shipping every day is not going to be enough. There's going to definitely be that. One of the things that I do, of course, cause obviously during the weekend, there's a lot of sales. I come in on Sunday or early monday morning and i mean really early monday morning and i just crank them out and so that by the time i get to the normal working day it is uh you know i have all my shipping for that weekend is done and and so you could do that i mean you don't have to do that but i do that because i just don't want to be in a situation where i'm going home at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night because i didn't plan well so build your systems get into your routines keep it consistent. A basketball player who is really good at shooting baskets or three-pointers practices those three-pointers all the time. You need to practice, practice, practice your routine, get it down, and then execute. Okay? So let's talk about sourcing a little bit. We talked about sourcing where? Okay, that's fine. But let's talk about Sourcing as far as in your schedule, so you don't want to source every day. I mean, if you source every day, you're out, you're out in the field, if you will, finding items. And and while if you have employees that are doing all the other stuff, that's great, and you could, you maybe that's what you want to do, and that's, that's eventually where I want to be too. But I source once a once a week. I sometimes I source on the weekends, um, if there's if I haven't sourced during <laughs> the week sometimes. But I but I usually source. Uh, on my way to someplace or on my way back to the office someplace. So, uh, and you know, I'm fortunate that we have a lot of, of places to buy in my area. So, so that isn't an issue, but um, it may not work for you, but you need to actually have as part of your routine sourcing, right? If you don't buy, right, you know, um, you're not going to be able to, you don't want to be in a situation where you're running around uh, because you didn't source for a long time uh, because it's not in your routine to then be i be behind the eight ball and not have enough inventory. And uh, so you just go out and buy a bunch of stuff and then you just, uh, you know, go back to your routine. It's going to take you off your schedule, right? Off your schedule, get you into financial problems. Probably is because you're buying too much at one time before anything sells. Uh, it also, uh, you know, impacts your home life. And so, I mean, you get what I'm saying. So the central theme of this really is that you need to uh, control your reselling Life, not having it the other way around. Okay. So let's take care of a little housekeeping before we go. Um, We are now posting our podcast on YouTube. So please visit us there. I, I so far not getting many views. I will be honest with you. And I'm not sure it's because the podcasts aren't really meant for YouTube, but I know I've got a few emails saying, listen, you know, put it on YouTube. You'll get more, more listens and, and more likes and, and probably more interaction with your audience and so uh, we put it on youtube so please visit us there if that's the way you like to listen to podcasts if not hey listen i'm happy with you being here um obviously go to our website where i have some show notes that um you can see and also i am also looking for articles on the internet that uh are related to the reselling business and i'm posting them as well obviously giving them full credit and a link back to their the original site but uh, it's stuff that you don't have to look for it's Think of it as curated material, and I just started doing that, so there's probably not a lot there yet. But that's kind of one of the things I'll be doing. Lastly, I am looking for guests, so if you are, even if you're a new reseller, matter of fact, I'd like it if you were a new reseller and you want to talk to me, and we'll do it live. So um, we'll interact. I'll help you with your business, and you'll be on this podcast. And you know, I'm not going to embarrass you. Don't worry. I mean, listen, we all started at some point. All you need to go is to the website and there's a contact form there. Use it and just let me know uh, how to get in touch with you and we'll arrange for you to be on the show. Thank you very much and we'll see each other next week. Bye.
0: The episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to head on over to old for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss an episode until next time.